0: Hi. Welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Um, as I've always stated, the purpose of this show is to provide educational content to the viewers. And today's show, we're going to be talking about mortgages. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I had a guest on my show, and we were talking about first-time home buying. We'd like to really touch upon that. but overall mortgages in general, and just how to, you know, navigate the system. And with me today is a guest of mine who I'm going to endorse is the gentleman who actually did my mortgage for when I bought my house three years ago, Uh, Mike Harvey. Mike, thank you for joining us. Mike is... A mortgage professional he is also uh, one of the owners of vantage point financial group which is located in Pennsylvania I assume you do work in the tri-state area as well
1: yes yeah, so we are we're located in Bluebell Pennsylvania and we also have an office in uh, Philadelphia okay. but then we are licensed in Pennsylvania New Jersey Delaware and Florida so we do originate loans in all of those different states okay um, for residential properties good to know good yep. to know so
0: yeah. do, do you find
1: st- Dates differ. Um, In in some ways, now from our side, a lot of the clients that we work with that are in states like New Jersey or Florida, um, they are either across the bridge in Jersey where it's a little bit of runoff from our Pennsylvania clients or they're purchasing second homes, right. right? Second homes down the Jersey Shore or maybe a second home down in Florida. Something like that is usually what we run into from an individual purchasing in those states. Or Certainly areas. Florida, yeah, and the yep. Jersey
0: Shore. So curiosity exactly. question. I know if I were to buy a rental property, the interest rate on the rental property is a higher rate. Does a vacation home also carry a higher rate than a primary residence? It does not.
1: So there's not the adjustment for a interest rate that you would see from an investment property for a second home. Okay. They do require different down payment amounts. For a second home, you're required to put 10% down on those properties, when for a primary home you can put significantly less, right. but it's not your normal 15, 20, 25, 30% that you would see for a second home or for an investment property, okay. depending on the type of home that you purchase.
0: Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So, tell me a little bit about the first hire. I really like to piggyback on that program um that just aired last week um i would like to understand a little bit more about programs for first-time home buyers
1: so there's a number of different programs designed for first-time home buyers and some of the most popular ones would be something like an fha loan right fha loan is really geared towards the first time home buyer because the government does assume sometimes that somebody who's purchasing their first home might have lower credit than your normal consumer. So something like an FHA loan, it allows you to put as little as 3.5% down on a home. It also allows you to get up to 6% seller assist, which can cover basically all or most of your closing costs that are associated with the transaction.
0: Did I hear you once say though, that if I were to get up to 6% seller assist, that it cannot count towards my 3.5% down?
1: Correct, so it can only cover your closing costs and your prepaid items like your escrows for taxes and insurance. Oh, it okay, that'll It cannot cover help. anything that is the actual down payment amount. So if you purchase a home for 200,000 and you do the FHA loan, you'll be able to, you know, you'll have to come out of pocket 7,000 even Regardless. if you get more assists, Correct. Regardless, Yep, okay. exactly.
0: Okay, but those loans, do they ca- carry a higher interest rate
1: Normally, is the FHA loans carry a lower interest rate than your conventional loans, but the mortgage insurance can be a little bit higher. So right. they have monthly mortgage insurance, and they also have an upfront fee, which is tacked on top of your loan. Now, And that's just one of the first-time homebuyer programs. There's a number of other ones, both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They offer first-time homebuyer programs as well that allow for somebody to put as little as 3% down payment on a home. Okay. And those are conventional loans, conforming loans. So okay. that those are other options for someone. Now, with that, you would have mortgage insurance as well. So depending on your credit score and the type of property you're purchasing, we'd have to see what the ideal loan scenario would be for you. Right. And we do work with a number of lenders as well that offer loans that fall under what's called like a CRA loan or a um, Community Reinvestment Act loan. So, the government at one point said, We would like to incentivize banks to lend money to individuals at, let's say, a 3% down payment, and maybe they can get more than the 3% seller assist um, in certain areas. Maybe those areas are determined by income limits or minority track percentages, different things like that. So, there are other first-time homebuyer programs geared towards getting individuals into the home buying process.
0: And so these are programs that are um, carried by certain lenders or any lender can use one of these programs? How does that work?
1: A lot of them are carried by different lenders. So from our side, as Vantage Point Mortgage, we're a mortgage brokerage. So that allows us to be licensed to originate loans with a number of different lenders right. from all over the country. So we could write a loan through Quicken Loans. We could write a loan through a company called Franklin American, who's a Citizens Bank subsidiary. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows us to go out and find the right bank that's going to match up perfectly with the right person. And they all offer these programs at a little bit different um, I would say, they have their own flair to them a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they have their own appetites for whatever they like to do, and not all banks have the same program. So our job is to match the client with the bank that's going to give them the best loan for their exact situation.
0: Well, I'm glad you said that because that falls into direct line with how we like to do business, is to be able to offer a you know, choice. And inevitably in your business, I, you know, I generally only like to refer to mortgage lenders who are brokers yep. because a particular bank may not be the right lender for a particular type of person.
1: Exactly, a lot of banks have certain appetites for the types of loans they want. So if you have a lower credit score, we have some lenders that will offer the same person in their same scenario, a substantially lower rate than another lender would, just because those are the types of loans they're okay dealing with. So our job is to find that specific bank right. that works for that person and make sure that they have all the options that are available to them.
0: So what are magic, credit scores I hear 660 don't fall below 660 or your bad credit I hear 740 I've heard 760 above that is is considered excellent credit what are the magic
1: scores so there's many different brackets for credit scores usually when you're above 760 that's the prime bracket that you can fall in considered so, excellent sometimes individuals say I'm at 780 and I don't want to have my credit score pool because I don't want it to fall a couple points not gonna hurt you. Once you're above that 760, you're pretty much golden. Now, currently, anything below 700, you're seeing a little bit more of a pushback from the lenders. Really? And sometimes, the way they would do that is maybe just restrict what your debt to income maximum amount could be. Right. So if normally they'll let you go to 50%, maybe they'll say if your credit score is below 700 and you're putting 5% down, your maximum debt-to-income ratio is 43%, which right. could limit the amount you can get approved for. Now, as low as banks will go, there are certain lenders out there that will still go down to 580. Now, the additional criteria they want that person to meet could be more strict than some of the other Of course, they want 20% score.
0: down, we want a better debt-to-income. It,
1: yes, it could be a number of different factors, whether it's down payment, um, the number of trade lines that you might have compensating factors are you know are another way that they can look at these so it varies but technically you can go down to 580 but it makes there are a lot more hoops to jump oh, through in course. order to get the loan and
0: generally speaking they're going to have a higher rate the too, terms are they? going to
1: be significantly worse Correct. right
0: yes worse i yeah. like that That's significantly yeah. worse right yeah. but you want to buy a house you know and so do you know much about
1: how to help people improve their credit scores? I'm not a, specifically a credit expert in the sense of I wouldn't recommend somebody calling me to figure out their credit score and teach them how to increase it. But Do you know anybody who is good? Is we do have a couple contacts that we do refer individuals to, but sometimes a lot of our lenders, they have systems that we can put someone's credit score into We can put the report in and we can generate a report as to what would this person have to do if we need their score to go up a certain amount of points. And then we can advise the person on as to what to do. So your credit score in general is really, you know, the three bulk items that make up someone's score is what's your payment history? Have you made payments on time? Do you have a history of paying things on time? Um, The second one is maybe the length of history Mm -hmm. that you have. If you only have one credit card that you've had for nine months, that score is not gonna be as good as somebody who's had the on-time payments for five or six years. And then the other one is the utility. How much credit do you use? If you have a $5,000 credit card and it constantly carries a balance of $4,900,
0: banks aren't
1: too favorable of that. Hey, by
0: the way, I gotta tell you the truth, what happens to me every year. mm -hmm. I got my business credit card with a limit of 30 grand. It just so happens November of every year, I have to have all kinds of business licensing and everything hits all at once. And I put about 20 grand on my card. My credit score drops about 70 or 80 points for one month until I pay it Mm -hmm. off.
1: Yeah, and it happens. Credit is one of those funny things that we have to deal with because somebody can be a perfect client as far as the creditors go. They don't miss any payments, they pay their items Mm -hmm. off just as you do, but sometimes if you have a big month, maybe you plan a family vacation that month and your credit card bill is a little bit larger than you would expect, it can, it can negatively impact your score, which Clearly if you're trying to buy mine. a house at the same time, could impact what the terms would be that you would receive. So what do
0: you do? Do you just say, hey, look, let's pull credit 30 days later again?
1: So we do have the opportunity to do that in a lot of situations. So I always recommend that somebody comes to us well before they find their dream home. So right. that we can begin that process to say, this is what you have to do, keep doing these things, or here's what we have to change. And then we have the full picture as to what somebody... Know what they can qualify for, what the terms would be, and then hopefully we wouldn't have to repool their score um, because your score is good for 120 days. So hopefully we wouldn't have to repool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their yeah score. You try
0: to time the pulling of the credit. Well, hint, exactly. hint, if you mm-hmm. know anybody who is a credit repair mm-hmm. expert, and anybody who's watching yep. this, I want somebody as a credit repair okay. expert yep. as a guest on my show because yep. I think that's something that a lot of people could learn and benefit from in advance of going to see you. Exactly. And cleaning things up. You clean up your credit. And it's never a bad thing to clean up your credit.
1: No, it's never. It can only help you, especially in the process of buying a home, getting terms for a property, or getting terms for a loan and figuring out the types of loans you can get qualified for. Having better credit will always put you in a better position.
0: Absolutely. Either better rates, better Options. Terms, op- yep. more choices, lower Everything down payment
1: is- options, all of those items come with a better ho- credit score.
0: How, how long does it take to really get someone's credit score to
1: turn around or move? It depends how bad it is. Exactly. <laughs> right? It depends what they've done in the past right. to, to, hurt to hurt it. Right. Correct. Okay. So,
0: what other things do you recommend to the first time homebuyer who, you know, one of the things that we referenced in our show is for the um, actual buyer to do a little bit of their homework first, because I know if if you told me today 50% debt to income, that would make me qualify for a house that I can't afford. Mm Do you actually, when you're talking to folks, consult with them in that regard to say, Oh, well, I can afford an $800,000 house. Do you look at them in the eye and say, are you really sure
1: you want to do this? So we have clients on both ends of the spectrum. We have some clients they come to us and whether it's the income they show on paper or liabilities that they have on their credit report, where they're a little bit shocked that they can't qualify for something that they would imagine they could carry. But we then have clients who are in a significantly better financial situation on paper from a mortgage side than they would imagine. Right. So that would allow us to sometimes say to those people, well, how much would you like to pay each month? What's right. your ideal payment? And if they say it's $2,000 a month, but they can qualify for three, we're not going to push them for that 3000 number. Then we're going to say, well, that 2000 probably puts you in this type of range. Because a lot of individuals, they get a payment. Amount in their head before they have any idea what they can actually qualify for. Okay, question
0: for you. Um, just thinking about repairing credit or down payment or 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 is you know one of the places to be able to access money is through a four hundred one k loan, and you know you can borrow up to fifty percent of your account up to uh, fifty thousand dollars. Let's say, for instance, I wanted to use a four hundred one k loan to serve as my down payment. Are they gonna be looking at what my new net income is? How are they gonna factor that loan? How is that gonna play in? I mean, you, I don't know if you do underwriting, but you have to know enough about the underwriting. So you're
1: able to use that money, 100%. If right. you have access to that money and you're able to withdraw it, you are able to use that. The but other it's gonna kill my debt to income. The banks are not gonna hold that payment against you. Really? Because you're basically paying yourself back for okay. that money. So okay. they're not going to hold that liability against you for, to use that money because you're, you're just paying yourself back.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So what you're saying here is it may behoove an individual who may be struggling with DTI on paper to potentially take a loan from the 401k to clean some of that up to be able to make itself available I'm not saying I'm a proponent of it, but that's a very interesting concept that you're telling me is it's not considered
1: a debt. Correct, and one of the things when we initially get someone's application, we ask them questions about, do you have money in an account like that? So Mm -hmm. that we can get the full picture because when they come to us, sometimes it's better for them to pay off debt or- Of course. To pay off a liability that will, a car payment, let's say. If That's you a perfect have example of it. a $9,000, and this is not on a lease, but on a car that you own. If you right. have a $9,000 balance on a car that you own, and that monthly payment is $400 a month, it would take a lot. It would take probably you know tens of thousands of dollars of on income. the lending side. Right, right, right in order to borrow $400 of a monthly.
0: Meanwhile, I could take a $9,000 401k loan, not a distribution, a loan. That 401k loan is gonna cost me about 180 bucks. But as far as you're concerned, I just took a $9,000, $400 a month liability. Correct. So if
1: somebody's initial approval is 225,000 of a loan amount, if they were to take out that $9,000, pay off that $400 payment, that could take us to $300,000. Right. So right. it can significantly increase the amount they can get qualified for on the housing side just because you know, your car loan is over four years, whatever that number is, and you're borrowing on the house for 30 years. Right. So it's well, not to mention the car
0: more. loan may only be a year and a half away from yep. expiring, but you look at loans that if they're going to be paid off within the next 12 months, they're discarded from DTI?
1: Correct, but not something like a lease. So something like a lease, the bank would assume You're gonna lease that again. You're gonna lease again. All right. So good, good. If, if the car is owned, they will say, Well, we don't need to hold this against you because it'll be paid off soon. Right. And then it's good point. You're gonna keep that car but not have a liability anymore. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Correct. We're up against our break. Right. Um, please stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute or two after our commercial break. Thanks. That was quick for you. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation.
1: Unique approach to financial planning.
0: Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm still here with uh, Mike Harvey, who's a mortgage professional and part owner of uh, Vantage Point Financial Group. Um, Mike, we talked about a lot of stuff, um, going back to the first time home buyers, coming up with the cash. I mean, there's gonna be, you know, how can someone come up with that 3.5% cash if they don't have 3.5%, 3.5% of 200,000, if they don't have other money to come up with, and I use a rule of thumb, three percent, for the rest of it. They got to come up with the the seven grand plus closing costs. Next thing you know, they're having to come up with fifteen, possibly twenty grand. What other sources of money can they get? You, you referencing gifts? What other?
1: Yep. So ideally, an individual would have that money in a checking savings right. type account, right. or in a retirement account that they can draw from. Right. If not. One common or a few common items are you can always ask for a gift from a family member. Mm-hmm. Right? If you do have a relative that does have the means to provide you with some assistance to purchase a home, they can always give you that money in the form of a gift, and we can easily document that to be used. You get an
0: affidavit of some sort.
1: Exactly. We will get a you know, form signed saying, I give money to you
0: know, my daughter takes whatever the rel- the case It is. takes the responsibility off of you. Exactly.
1: And then another way is there are different forms of grant programs that are available. They were saying that. So a lot of these grant programs can specifically be geared towards certain areas, maybe certain income limits, certain types of properties or borrowers. So there's a number of different programs out there that are designed to give some people down payment assistance in a way so that they can you know, achieve homeownership even if they don't have that cash on hand.
0: Well, very interesting. Um, stupid question of the day, which I'm loaded with them. Um, I'm hearing this for the first time from you. And if I'm hearing it, then how does one know, they're a first-time home buyer? they don't know squat, okay? And I don't mean that negatively, it's just you don't know what you don't know. How do they know about these grants, or are you the one who provides them with the information?
1: So a lot of borrowers don't know about them. And sometimes we can provide them in, with the information, steer them in the right direction on how to obtain these, but a lot of times the job is on the borrower, the consumer themselves, to figure out if they can qualify or obtain these types of grants. Unfortunately, it's, there's not much information out there, and a lot of these programs do have limited financing available to right. them. So at the beginning of the year, maybe they'll have a couple million dollars they can oh, lend yeah, out. Oh yeah, first and, one
0: of the well gets the water.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so- uh, the programs themselves, they're designed to aid individuals to bridge that gap for cash they don't have, but we can steer them in the right direction as to check out this program. You'll have to go through an application process, probably take a course or, or so for a weekend, and then you'll be able to see if you can qualify for it.
0: So the other thing that people could do is they're allowed to draw up to $10,000 from a retirement account. Let's say their IRA. And in doing so, they still have to pay the tax on it, it just avoids the 10% penalty. But it's another place to go. And, you know, they always got to be cautious of a few things. Number one, they're going to be paying taxes on it. So when they're paying taxes on it next year, they need to plan for what that tax Im- impact is going to be. But it's another place to go. And that is one of the things you find oftentimes, or at least I've found and I imagine you find, one of the biggest obstacles
1: is coming up with the cash. Exactly. And you know, we do like to work closely. If someone is a referral from a financial advisor, we like to circle back with them and say "Yeah, they need 10000 Where would you recommend they pull this money from from what they have currently? So it's, you know, using the resources of someone like yourself to figure out what's best for that specific person for where to pull that money from.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, there are times where I look at it and say a person is in a very low income tax bracket, probably lower today than they may ever be in and that if they took the $10,000 out of the IRA and avoided the taxes, they're walking away with the money at a very low yep. cost. If they're in a higher income tax bracket, what I've also done with folks is I've actually literally taken some of their IRA money, pushed it into their 401k, and then subsequently create the loan and pull it right back out again. Yep. And,
1: and our job is to figure out the type of loan this person can qualify for, what the ideal scenario for them is based upon the monthly payment and cash out of pocket, and then go back to you and say, how do you recommend getting this cash?
0: Right, so how would you differentiate yourself from, a lot of people think of, I need a mortgage, I'm just gonna go to the bank. I mean, it's sort of the layperson's like, oh, well the bank is money. How do you differentiate yourselves from the banks?
1: So uh, as a broker, we have many different lending avenues, which is we can go to many different lending institutions and use the types of terms and programs that they have available to them. Again, as I mentioned earlier, not all lenders have the same appetite, so they don't want right. the same types of clients. So it allows us to figure out who's going to best serve each individual client. Now from, with that, You know, we get into different types of programs, right? If somebody is purchasing a $300,000 home and they're putting 20% down, the loan programs that we're going to have while our terms could be better are going to be similar to what you might find at a bank. But if that person comes in and they don't have as good a credit, if they have lower down payment options, or if they're maybe purchasing like a jumbo loan right, which is uh, anything, any loan amount over 548250 we have a number of different low down payment programs for scenarios like that as well.
0: That jumbo's gone up. That jumbo was only like three eighty dollars not many years ago. It's gone
1: up substantially over the last couple of years. So, yeah, so
0: it, <laughs> that's because the stinking houses have gone up so much in the last couple of years.
1: The prices of homes have really skyrocketed, that's for sure. And...
0: Has that made you guys busier or you're still, you know, I've also heard that realtors are extra busy right now because they're taking their clients to see a house and they're one of 10 people and nine out of the 10 people fail. Therefore, they have to keep doing this over and over. You're a finite number of houses.
1: Right, Inventory is extremely low right now, which leads to way too many buyers looking at the same exact homes, and it's driving these prices up. Now, home price-wise, that's probably the most important, in my opinion, aspect to the real estate market, just because rates are very low. It's great. It allows a lot of people to refinance, but... What allows people to sell and have liquidity to move from home to home is being able to sell and get some money out of your property. If nobody was able to sell and get any equity out of their home, nobody would sell. So So, the values being up is the most important part of the market continuing to go. uh,
0: One of the things I was thinking about the value being up, I I think of PMI, kind of like the doghouse, and you understand you're a man. Um, Easy to get in, hard to get out. So let's say for instance, I bought my home, uh, by, two years ago mm-hmm. for $300,000, and I was only able to put 5% down. Now, all of a sudden, it's three fifty. What do I have to do to get out of PMI? Or do I need to refinance? I would imagine that refinancing has become very popular with you lately because the rates are low. People may have thought, I refinanced yeah. the mortgage I did with you
1: three yeah. years ago because three and seven-eighths was the greatest yeah mortgage in the world exactly so if somebody purchased a home two years ago it's probably more beneficial for them to refinance One, right. you can lower your interest rate and then you can use the new appraised value to get rid of that mortgage insurance exactly if somebody recently purchased you know and yeah there's now it is, you know, you can always refinance. We've we've refinanced people, you know, 6 months after they purchased the property yeah, I've seen for that whatever before. reason. And maybe they had bad credit at the That's time. That's what I've seen before. They got it up, we've refinance. Um, but if you don't want to refinance, but you do want to get rid of mortgage insurance, if you have an FHA loan, you're basically not going to be able to do that. They're going to want you to refinance out of that. Um, but if you do have a conforming loan, then a lot of lenders will maybe look, you know, as long as you make 12 payments, that they might allow you to get an appraisal done so that you can use that new value and just get rid of it so certain banks and servicers mortgage servicers who you know you make your payments to each month they handle things a little bit differently but if you purchase two years ago put five percent down the chances are you can refinance now and get rid of that mortgage insurance
0: yeah i mean that's, and lower your rent. i mean because you're just throwing money away exactly you know, mortgage insurance yep. is crazy that way uh we are out of time and, uh, really, and, and I know there's a handful of things I would like to talk about, but I uh, appreciate you taking the time. What I'd like to do is do me a favor, take a peek in the camera, tell people how they can get a hold of you. I mean, I, I'm going to give my – these guys do a great job, okay? Um, really like the fact that they're uh, – they, they do the consultative approach. So, Mike, if you could look into the camera and just tell people how they can get a hold of you, that would be great.
1: Yep, so uh, Mike Harvey, Vantage Point Mortgage. Our website is uh, www.vpmortgage.com or my email address is Mike, M-I-K-E, at vpmortgage.com or you can always try myself, 484-919-8976. always the easiest way to get a hold of me and happy to help answer any questions you might have or help you purchase or refinance, whatever it is
0: excellent mike thank you very much i appreciate it
1: thanks
0: uh thank you very much for joining us um i hope that in conjunction with our episode uh from a few weeks ago on the first time home buying that mike was able to supplement it but as i you know have endorsed him a couple times i mean i wouldn't have used them if i didn't think that they're good so um i encourage you if you need to refinance uh, talk to your financial advisor reach out to someone like mike who can really provide you with a consultative approach to making sure that you do it the right way. Uh, Till next time, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you in next week's episode. Thank you very much, have a great week.